Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. So we're wrapping up our, our prayer series today. It's just been a fantastic thing. By the way, don't ever wrap up prayer as a lifestyle. That's what we're doing because prayer changes everything. Um, and, you know, it takes me a little longer to prepare a message uh, these days because I have a left hand uh, and I'm not as ambidextrous as my brain thought it was going into the surgery. Uh, and then I dictate things on my, <clears throat> to my Word document and I think I have a perfect accent, but word doesn't, so it gets all the stuff wrong. So I literally got, this week it got stuck on, it wouldn't let me click off, and so I'm arguing with it, and it's dictating all my arguments to it, <clears throat> and then I had to go back and like highlight it and change it, and it wouldn't let me cut. I mean, I was like losing my brain, so I worked hard this week, and then last night or this morning, 3 a.m., I feel like the Lord wakes me up, and he's like, Scott, I have something for you today. And I'm like, I already did it. (laughs) Uh, We're good. Uh, And it's like, no, I have something to to change up. And I'm like, you know how long it takes me? And I don't have time. And he's like, okay, I'm going to download it. I'm like, I like to sleep until I wake up. And you made me this way, so it's your fault, creator God of heaven. You know, and so it's like 3 a.m. Literally, I look, I squint over. I see, I have to sleep in a recliner right now. Um, so I see it on the microwave, it's 3 a.m., and I'm just like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, I, I, it was the weirdest thing. I felt like the Lord said, your birthday is 3-7. Three, three, oh, and I'm like, I, I know. And I was like, it's 3-0-7 right now. I've been fighting you for seven minutes, and now you're telling me everything to wake me up. It was like God was going, wake up, wake up, wake up. Kind of like your child sometimes. <clears throat> so finally I got up, I'm like, okay. So I felt like he changed things up today in some ways to just hyper-focus on the fact that he wants what is our big idea, live free with unending hope to, to be what we get to live out. We're talking about um, in, in Jesus' prayer that I'll read in a moment that he gives us uh, about what it means to, to be forgiven and to forgive others or repentance and forgiveness as a lifestyle. And, uh, and so we're gonna really camp in the parable of the unforgiving servant. <clears throat> and my hope is that you let anything go you've, that you need to let go, be it uh, a day old, a decade old, a lifetime, something from your childhood growing up, <clears throat> something that, that you are set free today because you say, you know what, I, I forgive, I forgive. So I want to start us off and read um, again that we started off this series with the Lord's Prayer, and I want to read it again for us as we start They'd asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, and so he taught them this way. He said, pray like this, Matthew 6, verse 9. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So him first in our prayer life. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And then after Jesus gives us this lifestyle prayer, this prayer that says, you're God, and you're awesome, and you're holy, 
and you provide everything for, you, for me in my life that I need. And, and you have forgiven me and you asked me to live in a way that forgives others and lets things go. And, and you help me to not give in to temptations or struggles from my past or, or sin issues uh, or even deceptions that the enemy lays before me. You protect me in that. After Jesus gives us that prayer, he immediately says this. If you forgive those who sin you, verse 14, sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And that's heavy. It's not heavy if you live forgiving, but it's heavy if you don't. It's, it's heavy if you hold on to things. And, uh, you know, I've had uh, a lot of people ask me over the years, like, what does that really mean? And I'm like, I think it means what it, what it means. Um, and, and most of the time they're asking the question because they struggle somewhere with someone. They might live in a fear issue of like, if I don't get it done right away and then I, I die before I say I forgive that one guy who, you know, cut me off in traffic today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to hell. So they live like in a fear area and, and just to reassure them, it's not that. It's not that at all. It's not like you got to have a, a running tally of I keep everything perfect because if I die with a sin issue, I'm not going to make it. God's a God of grace and he knows your heart. Most people that ask, ask because they struggle holding on to that one thing or those, those four things or that, what that person did to that betrayal, the, uh, the way they were overlooked, uh, the way they were treated, uh, being abandoned by mom or dad being abused in some setting, emotionally, relationally, physically, um, spiritually. Uh, they, they hold on to a, an unforgiveness issue. And so they hear that and they're like, oh, what does that really mean? And my encouragement is always this, and, and, and I'm always willing to walk it all out, but I'm like, let's make it a non-issue so where you don't have to worry about what it means because you live in a way you for, where you forgive people all the time of anything and everything. And then the first line is for you. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. And the second line is just for you to be motivated to go and minister to others. But it does say, but if you refuse, and it's written in red, if you have a red letter edition, so Jesus said it, the one who hung on the cross said it. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. So, a number of years ago, and, and a lot of y'all have heard uh, a good amount of my story, our story. Um, it was 2002, a real breaking happened in our lives, and our, our first son died at birth. Um, and it, brokenness had been building, but it came to a, like a, a, a volcanic head during that <clears throat> horrible time, and then our, our marriage broke apart, and we, we were done for all intents and purposes, and had no shot outside of Jesus, but we weren't even sure we wanted to give him a shot or that he could do it. We were just broken people, and through the course of a period of time, the Lord <clears throat> uh, rescued us, but we still weren't healed, but he, he took, us, took us to a place in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, and to a, really to a ministry, but a, a man named Steve Peterson and his wife Mindy who are pastors and also ministered in this church in a way of helping people walk through um, offenses, hurts, wounds, uh, unforgiveness issues, re repentance or refusal to repentance issues. And, um, and, and 
Our marriage was done in the, in the, in the logical sense of humanity. Um, and so we were just seeing what the Lord could do, uh, I, maybe, I guess, on our way out the door. I, I don't know what we were all thinking at the time, Sarah and I, but, um, but what the Lord highlighted was unforgiveness issues in both of our lives. <clears throat> With me, it was an unforgiveness issue. Everything was an unforgiveness issue. I had a ledger. I was a great accountant. When it came to you, owe me. Um, and I had a ledger of, of probably 100 different things against different people. Uh, my father, who'd passed away five years earlier, was the, was the linchpin of it all. Um, but he was dead, so I couldn't do anything about it anyway. And this is me thinking then. And so I just lived with it and tried to not be hateful of his past. He was gone, so we had no relationship, obviously, uh, in the present. Um, and the Lord, through great people and through the work of the Spirit, highlighted this parable of the unforgiving servant that I'm going to read and, and broke through deceptions, I believed, as well as uh, ignorance I had and then absolute pride-filled, stubborn rebellion that I insisted on living in. So I had a combo of a lot of things, and there's a lot of different reasons why we're unforgiving. Sometimes it is absolute ignorance, which is why the Holy Spirit illuminates truth to us, to help us be set free, or sometimes it's just this lack of understanding. Um, it's not like I want to be ignorant, but I just, I don't get it. Sometimes it's willful. Sometimes it's justified, not rightly, but rationalized in our own human brain. And sometimes it just feels out of, out of bounds in one way or just impossible in another. But let me, let me read this passage. It's a, it's a famous one that most of us who grew up in church have heard a number of times. And even a lot of people who've just never gone to church have heard this parable of the unforgiving servant that Jesus tells in Matthew 18, where he talks about forgiveness as a lifestyle. It says, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? He's basically like, each, each day, seven times a day, and then I'm good? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. He wasn't saying 49. It was a, it was a phrase that meant, you know, endless. When they heard 70 times seven, it was just like when you say, you know, uh, Elon Musk has gajillions of dollars, you know. It's not really real, but we just know he's very wealthy. So they understood that as you just keep forgiving. And then Jesus tells this story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his, debt, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Actually, if you do the numbers that are written in the original, the, the denarii and the talents that, that this lists. Um, if you took today's average income in Texas, it's about $6 billion. So millions is very poorly stated here. Uh, I don't know who did the math, but it, it really wasn't uh, Stennis, I can tell you that. Um, so he owed him, we'll just say $6 billion. We'll round it down because it's probably closer to, to eight. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. First of all, listen to that. He borrowed money. 
He amassed $6 billion of debt. And he says, just give me another month. Like his mindset is, I got this. I got this. I just need, I just need one more paycheck to get to that $6 billion that I owe you. Okay? So in his mind, he's still thinking, I got this. He's begging, but he's begging with his abilities. And his abilities, or lack of them, are what got him in the mess in the first place. Then the master, even in spite of that, the master was filled with pity or compassion on him. And he released him and forgave his debt. But, remember, this guy thinks, I got this. He just got released of $6 billion of debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. It's actually $21,000. Owed him $21,000. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. So I walk in owing $6 billion. He says, debt-free. I cancel the debt. I walk out, and I'm like, who owes me $21,000? I will choke him now to get that money. So we see his heart and his mind at that time, right? He grabbed him by the throat, demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will repay it. Pardon me. He pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that happened Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servants just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he could pay his entire debt. That's the way my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from the heart. Unforgiveness is a claim that somebody owes you something. And it doesn't mean you're wrong in what they did. Maybe you understand it perfectly. Maybe you get some of it right. Maybe it's just totally, uh, you know, your memory of it is totally wrong. But no matter what it is, you, you have this in your heart that says they owe me something. And I will not forgive because they owe me and they haven't made it right. And here's the thing, when you hold on to unforgiveness as a claim, no matter what is paid back, it's never enough. If you are unforgiving in any way towards anyone, no matter what they've done, no matter what they do or don't do, it will never be paid back because unforgiveness is a a disease, it's a cancer in the heart. God tells us through uh, Proverbs 4.23, Protect the heart, guard the heart above all things, for out of it flows a wellspring of life or life itself. Unforgiveness is a cancer in the heart. Forgiveness says, you owe me nothing. You owe me nothing. Debt paid. Not only are we good, but I'm good. I I cancel the debt. That's why Jesus may use money, because we get money, you know. We, We understand debt and credit and all those things. So we, we, we can put it in, in those terms. But, but he owed billions. <clears throat> he was set free. And he never even thought about it, didn't remember it, didn't care. Because in his mind, life was a ledger. 
and I might have been set free from this, but I probably earned it somehow or deserved it. And then that guy owes me $21,000. So here's what I felt like the Lord said. There are people in here and you have held on to something for either a short period of time or a long period of time. And he wants you free. He wants you to lay that down and forgive that person. Just like Jesus did for us at the cross. He owed nothing. We owed everything. And he went to the cross and and was nailed to the cross. And when he was nailed to the cross for us in our place, all our debts were nailed there. Like nothing else. God said, you're forgiven. Hell will be populated by forgiven people who never live in that forgiveness. And that is one of the saddest things. It's why we contend to, 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 to support the ramp project as they go and they tell them the gospel and they say, we're only here because we love Jesus and Jesus loves you. Why we, we go to Cameroon, why we go to Alaska, why we, why we support down in Haiti and do all the things locally. It's why we have, have opportunities for people to know Jesus is because if you don't embrace the forgiveness and accept the forgiveness of the work on the cross, then you're going to live a life without Jesus in a place called hell, but you were forgiven. You just didn't appropriate it. And Jesus is saying, if you can't forgive others, then everything I did for you on that cross cannot be applied to your life. So lay it down. And I get it. Some of you have dads and they did this and that, or they just weren't there. And so how can I forgive a person who did that to me? Or somebody did something to your physical body. How can I forgive that? Because doesn't that make it sound like it's right? That I forgive them, it's okay? No. Forgiveness does not equal relationship. It just sets us up on God's terms. And forgiveness doesn't say what they did was okay. Forgiveness says they owe me nothing. And when Jesus forgave us on the cross, he didn't tell us we owed him anything. He went to the cross and took on the sins of every human ever before, every human on the planet then, and every human that's ever been born since. About 90 billion people have come and gone on the planet or exist on the planet right now over time. And Jesus bore all their sins and said, you owe me nothing. It's forgiven. And then he says, now would you do likewise to that one person or that family or that couple? And here's the thing. All the holding on to in the world that you do will never earn you any moment of freedom. You are bound to that person by a chain of unforgiveness. And I felt like the Lord said today, take the chain off of you. My dad did that. My mom did that. That couple did that to me. And Jesus, I forgive them. And I'm just gonna gonna put that chain on the cross and it's yours today. They owe me nothing. I felt like they owed me billions and they owe me nothing. And it can be hard because the forgiver always pays. The, the master who was owed six billion, whatever he loaned out and, and then whatever it would have amassed to that he didn't get because he gave his money out, he, it cost him six billion to forgive the guy. He paid. By forgiving. So it is costly in some ways, but it doesn't compare to the freedom that comes. So you do say, I, I forgive, and maybe it'll hurt a little bit. Maybe it'll sting for a moment. 
But remember, he wants you to live free with unending hope and a claim of unforgiveness that you owe me something. You will never have hope in that. And you will never be free. You'll only be bound. And the enemy will use that and twist it and twist it. Man, when, when Pastor Steve, remember he was asking me to, to do this booklet and list the, the hurts and wounds and offenses. And I listed about 11 that day because I thought I could fit on the page. Um, had a lot. And my dad was right in the middle. <clears throat> it's like, my dad, he was terrible. Don't think he liked me. Terrible dad. Just left it there. Everything else was highlighted because those were current in my brain or my heart. And Steve said, let's, let's talk about your dad. I'm like, well, he's dead, so nothing to talk about because he's dead, right? And he's like, okay, but like, that's probably affected you over time. I'm like, but I don't care because I'm about to get divorced now. My son just died uh, a year ago. I still feel that. And these people are still doing these things. And my dad's dead, so let's move on. Next. And he's like, we got to go back there. And I'm like, good grief, dude. You are persistent. And he's like, you're bound. You're holding on to a claim that can never be repaid because your dad's dead. And even if he was alive, maybe he would never fix it. Your unforgiveness needs to be released and you need to forgive your dad and turn it over to the father. And I'm like, you seem free. I'm awful. My life's a toilet bowl. Yours seems good, so I'll take your word for it, even though I think you're kind of a little spiritual. That was my thinking. He was a little too happy. Uh, you know, his wife was always smiling. His father-in-law loved him. Uh, I'm like, there's just too much smiling going on. Some, it's a trick. Uh, but, you know, my life stinks. So I went in, dragging my feet, not kicking and screaming, uh, but maybe like, I'm going to show y'all you're wrong. Um, and as I walked through it, I walked through this process, because I, I chose to forgive, but there was a matter of the heart that was like, I was 35 at the time, so it was, you know, maybe 33, 32 years old. It was a lot of stuff. I can recall painful things back when I was five. So I had at least 30 years of pain uh, in there. And, and I just began to walk it through how this affected me. I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. I was telling him my feelings and, and my thoughts. And, and I'm like, but where's this going? Like, I'm unpacking pain, but to what end? And, and there got this point where, where I just said, Lord, I, I do thank you that that was my dad. This is what I learned from him. This is what I saw in his life. Uh, I can be grateful for what I had, even though I know I didn't have a lot. And I had a lot more than a lot of people in life. I, I've seen people go through much more traumatic things. So it wasn't a comparison thing, it's just me. And when I got to this place after thanking the Lord, I felt like, like an overwhelming urge to repent of my unforgiveness. So I wanted to forgive my dad, but all of a sudden I'm like, Lord, I, if I've been unforgiving for 30 years, that means I've had this sin issue before you and between me and you all this time. I've been an unforgiving person. I was the dude who choked a guy out. Forgive me. And I was broken. And I'm telling you, when you can be broken over your sin issues, even if what they did to you was awful, you are set. 
for the Holy Spirit to move in and through you and radically restore anything in there that needs correction and healing and growth. And I was broken before him. And I remember when I was just weeping and weeping and, and asking him to forgive me of my sins. I said, I got to let my dad go. I got to let it go. I, can I just go ahead and forgive him now? I had like two questions left before I got to the forgiveness part. But I'm like, Lord, can I just let it go? I don't want to hold anything for a second longer. I forgive my dad and I let it go. He owes me nothing. And I'm telling you, I, it hasn't been this way, but maybe one other time. But I felt a weight lift like I had never felt. I honestly looked down at one point thinking maybe I'm floating. It was weird. I'm like, all right, I'm not. It's not weird. Uh, okay, I'm not becoming Steve. Or, you know, I, uh, but I felt this lift. And all it was was me canceling a debt that couldn't even be paid. And if it could be paid, it wouldn't have been paid in the right way to a person demanding payment. I humbled myself and repented and I forgave. And there's some of you, maybe all of us in here, we need to take the question and go, who do I need to forgive? And take it to the Lord in a moment here. Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to forgive? You just need to let it go. Take that chain out of you and hook it to the cross. And I'm telling you, the Lord showed me that chain wrapped around every relationship you had your entire life, Scott, and now you are free. No one else is bound in your chain any longer because a spirit of unforgiveness torments your soul, according to Hebrews, but it defiles those closest to your life. It's a, it's a root of bitterness that grows up to defile those that you love. My unforgiveness towards my dad, I never said, I'd like to defile my wife by not forgiving my dad, but that's exactly what it did because the scripture is true. Be set free today. Cancel the debt. Let it go. I'm gonna ask Doyle to come up and he's, he's actually gonna sing um, the Lord's Prayer for us during a time where we're gonna ask the Lord to highlight who needs to be forgiven in our lives. And maybe you know who that is. Maybe you know um, that person or that situation. Um, but, and so you can just go into, Lord, I, I forgive my dad. I forgive my mom. I forgive that couple. I forgive that teacher who did those things. I, I forgive uh, my former church leaders, whatever it might be. I forgive and I, and I lay it down at the cross. And Lord, forgive me for holding on to that. If you know, man, step into that right now. If you don't know, here's my request of you. That while Doyle's singing, that you just let the Holy Spirit illuminate whatever he needs to illuminate to you, reveal to you who you need to forgive and what you need to lay down. What you need to repent of before a God who is so gracious, he's already forgiven you. He just wants you to step into freedom with unending hope. So Lord, we... We give you these moments as, as Doyle sings and as we hear the, the words in, in song form of the Lord's Prayer, this powerful lifestyle prayer. As this happens, would you show us who we need to forgive, how we need to forgive, and, and Heavenly Father, you're so good and you're so much for us and you're our dad. Some of us are gonna have a hard time letting it go because of rationalization or justifying it or it's just, it's just so much pain. But as a dad, would you just grab us by our right hand and lead us into the way of everlasting life, of freedom, 
of, of being debt free and, and our, uh, us wiping our ledgers that we've kept clean. Would you just show us and help us today? And then I pray that we would be good followers of Jesus and step into what you have for us during this time. Amen. And if you need to come to the altar during that time, just come to the altar. And then we're going to go into communion after this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the So we're going to take a, a, a moment to remember the ultimate act of forgiveness, the, the Jesus substitution for us on the cross as he stood in front of a bullet, in essence, for us. And uh, the ushers are going to hand out the, the communion elements. And so grab those and hold on to those, and we'll take them together in a moment. Um, but when he, when he hung on the cross, he gave his body to be a sacrifice in place of ours. And when his blood was shed, the, 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 the shedding of the blood was, was for the forgiveness of sins. And in the past leading up to that moment, they had to do it as a yearly offering and they had to uh, 
take the best of, of basically certain livestock and, and shed blood and, and give that. Uh, but it was continual. And when Jesus went to the cross, it was once for all. For the past, it was for the present, it was for the, the future which we're living in right now and then anything beyond us. And, and it was the ultimate act of forgiveness. <clears throat> Jesus becoming the sin of all mankind for you and I. And for some in this room or watching, maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. And, and, and of course, taking communion or the Lord's Supper is, is for the believers in Jesus. So here's my request of you to listen for just a moment. Jesus wants to give you his entire life, and he wants your life in his. He wants you for eternity. He's already done the work on the cross. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus that, that those of us who believe in him would have everlasting life. And Jesus says, would you believe? Paul writes in Romans that all who call on the name of the Lord shall, believe, shall be saved. So you believe in your heart and you speak it out with your mouth. And if you've never made that decision, it's not a light decision to make, but he doesn't make it hard to make it. Living as a disciple is, is a lordship thing that challenges us daily, and that's, that's what we do together. But salvation is saying yes to Jesus and his atonement on the cross, that, that beautiful, horrible moment on the cross where he says, hey, I love you this much. And he, he allowed himself to be sacrificed and crucified by mankind for mankind so that he could have us for all time. In 2 Corinthians 6, Paul writes this. Sorry, 2 Corinthians 5. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. So he did this work on the cross so that we could be brought back to him. And then he says, now remember this, but also Know that your job now is to reconcile lost people to me. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. And then we see in verse 21 this beautiful picture of the great exchange. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. He took his body and, and he allowed humanity to, to take his, he lived a perfect life and he allowed humanity to rip him apart for our sake. And he said, I give you my body to, to you, can, you can beat me and you can mock me and you can, you can try to shame me. You can do all these things to me and you can nail me to the cross, but it's only because I'm paying a debt you can't pay. So I'm okay with it. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. You know who the joy was? You. You were the joy set before him when he was walking, when he was being beaten, when he was going through all of that. When he was bearing the, the sins of all mankind, he saw you because he gets you for all time. And so he gave his body. And then we remember when we drink the cup, the blood that was shed, every drop forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. Every sin you've ever committed, everything you'll ever do wrong from the next moment forward, forgiven, forgiven. Forgiven. It's why he says, you're fully forgiven, so, so be forgiving people. I've forgiven you of billions, so be those who forgive others of thousands. 
Live forgiving others. And then you'll live like me. So we, we take the bread and we thank God for Jesus' body. So if you have your, I know they're still handing out, so, but if you have your, your bread right now, just, I don't know, hold it up or just hold and look at it. It's a piece of bread or it's a cracker, but it represents Jesus' body given for you on that horrible crucifixion cross, nailed violently to the cross for you. And he was joy-filled to do it because of what it brought him at the end. And so, Jesus, we thank you for your body. We thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you that when you're in the garden the night before, you realize I'm going to be separated from God because of sin. And I'm going to be the, the sin of all mankind for all time. And, and, and I don't, my flesh doesn't want to do this, but not my will, yours be done, God. That you, you, you even laid it down in humility then when you knew pain was coming, spiritually and physically, because you saw us as worth it. And so every one of your worthy followers right now, it's every one of us in here, Jesus says you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. I don't care what you've done, you're worthy. You believe in me, you're worthy. Because because he didn't die for, for junk, he died for you. So you are worthy. So every one of his worthy followers today, we say thank you for your body. Let's take the bread. Jesus, thank you for forgiving us. Take your cup. Look at it. It's little, but it's red. Red, like the blood dropped from Jesus' body that he wasn't mad to drop. The Father God was not mad to kill his son. The angels were not upset they lost their king that day. They were excited because the blood says you're forgiven. You are fully forgiven. And we remember that, Jesus, and we say thank you. Can everybody say thank you to Jesus right now? Thank you. Let's take the cup in a thankfulness. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full-service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.